You're listening to the Diet Rebel Podcast with Kiki Smith. If you're a woman who hates the idea of having to choose between loving your body and changing it, then you are a Diet Rebel and this podcast is for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything from loving your body exactly as it is now to becoming the most fit, lean, and toned you've ever been, no matter how old you are how many tiny humans you've birthed, or how many times you've lost and regained the same 15 or 50 pounds. Seriously, you don't want to miss it. So grab a snack, preferably protein-based, and sit back and enjoy this episode. Cardio intensity. High, moderate, or low-intensity cardio. Which should you do? Well, all have benefits. So picking one or better yet, including a mix that will help you to reach your goals is key. So let's discuss really quickly the different types. When we talk about high intensity cardio, that's typically going to be the most time efficient and it can really rev up the fat burning during and after the workout when you're burning calories because of that afterburn factor. But If high-intensity cardio causes you to move less all day long, meaning less NEAT and EAT, which is way more common than you think, then it cancels out the effect. So common scenario, somebody does a super intense workout, and then they flop on the closest chair and move less (laughs) than you would throughout the rest of the day. So when that happens, you are totally not getting the full advantage of that afterburn, which net effect is pointless and no different than if you've just done a lower intensity cardio or even none at all. So due to the intensity of a perfectly executed HIT session, H-I-I-T, high intensity interval training, um, which is similar to a strength workout and its anaerobic effects, Typically with those, you're going to tend to experience some water retention and swelling. So that's something else to consider when we're talking about high intensity, because some people uh, allow this to bother them to the extent that they wonder if it's worth it. So again, I say allow it to bother because it can, for some people, it's not that big of a deal. For others, maybe if you're like really focused on the scale or, you know, just that little bit of water retention is super uncomfortable for them. I, for one, carry a lot of water retention during any type of anaerobic uh, workouts. It was something that used to really bug me uh, back in the day, but I've gotten used to it over time. So if that's something that bothers you, then that's something to think about when you're thinking about high intensity. So moderate intensity cardio. Now, this may burn slightly less calories than high intensity cardio, but it could be perfect for beginners or for those not ready to jump right into high intensity. Uh, It's also good for endurance for those that need or want it or for deloading from higher intensity days. So if you're somebody who does a lot of heavy lifting and then you like to either you have a deload week or like certain rest days throughout your program, This is when you can include some either low to moderate intensity. So having that moderate intensity can sometimes help kind of flush if you are somebody who holds on a lot of water from your anaerobic workouts, from your lifting, then you can add in some moderate intensity on the off days. Now, depending on your definition 
of moderate, some swelling or water retention may still occur. So again, this is kind of where your mileage may vary because somebody who's used to doing a ton of cardio may not realize that they're doing higher intensity uh, when they're doing moderate. So typically that's how you're gonna know the difference. A lot of water retention comes in with high intensity. When you move into moderate, there shouldn't be a ton. If so, then you may be doing a higher intensity than you thought. Uh, now, lower intensity or low to moderate intensity, that's going to be best for relieving that water retention uh, or the DOMS, the delayed onset muscle soreness, especially in the lower body and also for relaxation. So your low to moderate intensity is going to be great for warming up, for cooling down, for beginner workouts and for endorphins. If you just like getting those endorphins, I mean, you'll get those probably with all types, but if you want to get in the endorphins without the anaerobic effect, uh, or without a lot of the adaptations that can come at the higher end, then low to moderate might be good for you. So now kind of having the definitions of those, which method is best for you? I say, why do you have to choose? <laughs> so sometimes people get so caught up in looking for the perfect method that they miss the point. The variety, the combination, the goal, you know, that's what makes the changes happen. So like understanding the purpose is going to be the most crucial thing. And you want to mix and match according to your goals, according to your limitations, according to your personal preferences. So at any time, it's perfectly fine to choose only one or a combination of one. And you don't have to be married to it for future times. So for instance, if you want the fat burning effects of high intensity, but not all of the water retention that comes from it, you can start with 10 to 20 minutes of the intense all out intervals and then switch and go to 10 to 20 minutes of low to moderate intensity. And then you've got a 20 to 40 minute workout that kind of gave you a mixture of both worlds. So that way it's not just the all out intensity and now you're just stuck with, you know, lots of water retention and swelling and feeling uncomfortable throughout your day. So you can mix those if you know that the lower intensity, lower in intensity will help flush it. You can end your high intensity cardio sessions with a little bit of that uh, moderate intensity or lower intensity, specifically that low to moderate zone. Now, if you're doing mostly full body workouts, for example, or multiple leg days, and you are experiencing some of that leg swelling, you may want to only do that low to moderate cardio on in between days. That way it can help aid in recovery, reduce the swelling, and really help to flush the legs out. So that could be something that you're putting in on those in between days. Uh, in addition, I mean, high intensity cardio, you don't really want to overuse it anyway. So a lot of times what I like to do is I treat my high intensity uh, cardio sessions as if they're a leg day, especially if they are leggy which they usually are, in order to hit the level of intensity that, um, that I'm aiming for in that workout. So I treat my hit sessions as if they are a leg day, and I only do them one to two days a week max. So that's kind of what I would recommend there. I wouldn't recommend going, you know, it's not a more is better thing when it comes to hit. So if you feel 
here's another example, that you want to include more than two days of cardio, they can't all be high intensity. So especially if you're lifting. So if we're, you know, kind of using the other things that we just talked about as guidance, if you're lifting, there needs to be some downtime from intensity. So you don't want to do like lift, hit, lift, hit, lift, hit. That's just all anaerobic. There's no downtime for your central nervous system. There's no, you're never flushing the lactic acid out of the muscles and it's just nonstop. So because you need that break so that your muscles can actually heal because the magic happens during the healing, not during the actual workout, then you want to have some downtime from that intensity, not to mention from the water retention. <laughs> if you're doing nonstop lift, hit, lift, hit, lift, hit, you're going to have massive water retention. So if you're one of the people that that drives you crazy, but you're trying to get all of these like fat burning benefits, then that's something to watch out for is that mentally it might feel like you're doing the opposite of what you're trying to do because of the fact that like the scale is not going to be kind to you and neither will your skinny jeans. So those are some ways that you can mix and match it. Now, let's say you hate cardio and you don't want to do any. What do you do? Don't do any. <laughs> Simple solution. So cardio is not necessary for fat loss. It's not necessary. Okay. It's an option if you want to use it, but it's not necessary for fat loss. Um, you can, if you're looking to lose fat, focus on your eats, be vigorous with attacking, you know, the weights, you want to get in your strength training, be super diligent about hitting your macros, the changes will come. So like, literally, that's all you need to do, like lift the weights, hit your macros, you'll, you'll get there. You don't actually have to do cardio, but it's something that if you love it, want to do it, or just need something to do on the in-between days, you can include it using some of the things that you learn in a day. So research for cardio is often like all over the place and depending on the source that you're getting it from it may heavily lean to one side or the other so that's something that i would definitely probably put not definitely probably i would definitely put a caveat on is that if you're someone who has a research bug and you're trying to find the perfect thing to do recognize that sometimes having the research bug can be a way of self-sabotaging so I am an avid researcher, so I get it, but I'm also an avid researcher that has to force myself to act. We have to stop ourselves from always overanalyzing everything. Sometimes knowledge is power. Other times it's crippling. So know that there is no one perfect way. So researching yourself into, you know, paralyzation looking for the perfect way is counterproductive. So this is speaking from a former knowledge paralyzed experience, just giving you a little tidbit there of making sure that you do catch yourself in that suit of perfection. Sometimes perfection is really just procrastination because we're scared to get things done. You know, we think that we only have one chance to get it right. And that is just not the case. So you let me know, you know, take some time to think about this. What type of cardio do you prefer? Have you found a mix that works best for you? Or have you ever gotten so tied up in trying to find the perfect method of something that you ended up doing nothing at all? Figure out which end of the pendulum you tend to swing towards 
think about the different types of cardio that we talked about here today and the level of intensities that there are and mix and match them according to your goals, your personal preferences, you know, and what you feel like doing in any given moment. So it's not all or nothing. It's pick and choose based on what suits you best in that moment in time and giving yourself the freedom to change your mind if and when needed. So thank you for joining me for today's quick tip and I'll see you in the next one. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode and make sure you keep in touch. So whether that's through DMs or email, I would love to know what you felt about this episode or if you have topics that you'd like me to cover in future episodes. You can DM me on Facebook at EM2WL or over on Instagram at eatmore number two way less or via email at info at eatmoretowayless.com. If you're completely new to the Eat More to Way Less process, you can also grab our quick start guide at eatmoretowayless.com slash start. See you next time.